G'day and welcome to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigau and on this show we're examining biblical concepts and ideas and asking ourselves the important question, is it relevant today? Or is it as outdated and ridiculous as dial-up internet? Today we're going to start with a parable that Pastor Graham Christian shared at our recent professional development meetings. I want you to pay attention because I'm going to ask some questions about it afterwards. You are the pilot of a plane going to a place where there is no COVID. This plane is a state-of-the-art airplane. In fact, it's a Boeing 777X. This type of plane was announced in 2013, and the first one that actually flew commercially flew in 2020. It's the biggest twin-jet airplane that we have today. And it uses less combustible than other planes of similar sizes. Now, this plane has been purchased by God's end-time remnant church. And there's been a bit of discussion on what the logo should be. Some people say the logo we should use is the Three Angels logo, while others think we should use a cross as to be more inclusive because we know that many will join God's end-time remnant church at the end. There's a lot of discussion about this, and some have even gone out and purchased seats with three angels' logos, and some have purchased seats with the cross. Now, we're not sure how exactly we're going to space out these seats on the plane. Should we put all the three angels' seats on one side, and all the cross seats on the other side, or should we disperse them randomly throughout the plane? The carpet colour is also something that has caused a lot of discussion. Some people think it should be blue, signifying that the law is important to God. Others think that it should be red because of the blood that was spilt for us, yet others think it should be white. Although there is a little bit of concern that white will show up all our imperfections. Now, there has also been a lot of discussion about COVID. Yep. And this discussion has asked, should people be double vaxxed to be able to get on the plane? Some think that all should be double vaccinated to be able to get on the plane, while others think that the plane should be open to everyone, while yet others have suggested that we put a shut door in the middle of the plane, allowing those who are unvaccinated to stay on one side and those who are fully vaccinated to stay on the other side of the plane. We're not exactly sure what to do. Now, as you know, the planes have different types of seating. Usually towards the front of the plane, the seats are much more comfortable. And there's been a lot of discussion on who should get what seats. Who should get the comfortable seats at the front and who should get the less comfortable seats at the back. Some people are saying that the elderly should get the more comfortable seats, while others think that the comfortable seats should be given to those who have been prominent in sharing God's message. There's a lot of debate going on about this, and some people feel that, you know, seating should be completely random, and it should be up to pure chance on what type of seat you get to sit on. The plane is, however, ready to go. I now have two questions about this parable. The first one is, what is the name of the pilot? Just a hint. The answer 
is not Jesus. The second question I have is, where is the plane going? Now I shared this parable with both Horsham and Stoll churches. And something really interesting happened. Not one single person knew the name of the pilot. And there was a total of four people across both churches who knew where the plane was going. So what's the answer to these questions? We'll find out just after this song. you come to me in mercy undeserving lost now found your love begins to pour when you surround me with your mercy just when I feel my way is lost And need some light to see Just when I would have given up You go and mercy me Mercy me when I'm falling Mercy me, hear me calling Mercy me like raindrops falling Pour your grace out on me Mercy me when I'm hurting Mercy me so undeserving Mercy me when I'm dirty Wash me clean Oh my Father, mercy me Oh my Father, mercy Mercy me, have mercy on me, have mercy on me, Lord. You are God and I am not, I'm nothing without you and your incredible mercy. More desperately Than I need the air I breathe Father, fill the air with mercy Just when I feel I can't go on About to sink beneath the sea Just when I think the end has come You go and mercy me Mercy me when I'm falling, mercy me, hear me calling, mercy me like raindrops falling, pour your grace out on me, mercy me when I'm hurting, mercy me so undeserved. 
Is it relevant today? I'm Marius Jigao, and today we're looking at staying focused. Now, just before the song, I shared a parable that I heard from Pastor Graham Christian about a plane, and the parable finished with the questions, who is the pilot, and where is the plane going? When I've shared this with others, not one single person remembered who the pilot was. And less than 5% knew where the plane was going, despite the fact that at the very beginning of the story, I said, listen carefully, because I will ask you some questions about this afterwards. After saying that, I said, you are the pilot of a plane going to a place where there is no COVID. But because of all the other controversial information that was shared afterwards, not one single person remembered who the pilot of the plane was. Today we're going to speak about staying focused. The enemy is keen to throw all kinds of things in our path, all kinds of distractions to get us to lose focus on the goal, to get us to lose focus on the prize, to get us to lose focus on what's truly important. And the way that he's been doing this, which is extremely successful, as we've just seen, is to bring controversial issues before us. To highlight things that touch our buttons. The last couple of years have not been easy. I remember at the beginning of this year, I thought, oh, 2020 was really, really bad. But things seem to be getting easier and we seem to be coming out of it. And then new lockdowns, new issues came in 2021 with the Delta variant. And I'm now thinking, what will 2022 be like? Is this new Omicron variant mean that we're just going to have a replay of 2021? Will it be even worse? Can it be much worse? Who knows? 
The enemy has so many things to distract us, to get us to lose focus on things that are really important. He uses things like vaccine mandates. There's been so much discussion. Generally, almost everyone I speak to brings issues like this up. Everyone talks about stuff like this. And don't get me wrong. These things are important. I personally don't agree with vaccine mandates. I personally don't agree with people being forced to be vaccinated. I think that this should be a personal choice and people should have the freedom to choose whatever they do. But if you don't agree with me, that's all right. We have the right to disagree with each other. These things are things that are so prominent in our minds and in our discussion today. Other things that people talk about is the Equal Opportunities Bill, something Christian schools are very focused on. And again, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that these things are not important. They are. But what I'm asking us today is, where is our focus? There's this new Omicron variant. What will this mean for Australia? Will it be another horrible year of lockdowns? So many things to distract our focus. But what should we be focused on this year? What are the important things? We'll examine them just after this song. I come to you, let my heart be changed, renewed, flowing from the grace that I found in you. And Lord, I've come to know the weaknesses I see in me. Stripped away by the power of your love. Hold me close, let your love surround me. Bring me near, draw me to your side. Spirit leads me on in the power of your love. Lord, unveil my eyes, let me see you face to face. The knowledge of your love as you live in me. As you live in me. Lord, renew my renew mind my as your will unfolds in my life. In my life. In me. 
Is it relevant today? Right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigao and today we're looking at staying focused. We've discovered that the enemy is keen to distract us from the things that are really important in our lives. For me, from a point of view of focus, I feel that I've done pretty well this year. Well, up until the last month, I've been pretty focused. I've kept Jesus at the front of my focus and I've kept my relationship with him as being of prime importance. You see, I have a habit to spend at least one hour with God every morning. But then the enemy threw a spanner in the works or a drop saw in the works. A little over a month ago, I was building a manger for our children's program at church and I cut my finger with a drop saw. About a week later, I had to have plastic surgery on it. The following Wednesday, I was doing Bible studies with someone at one of the churches and the anesthetic from the operation started to wear off. You see, I had tried not to take any painkillers. As some of you know, I used to struggle with drug addiction, so I've been trying to really avoid painkillers. Even after the drop sore accident, I didn't have any painkillers. After the operation and when the anesthetic wore off, I didn't have any painkillers. But once the anesthetic wore off, it started to really hurt. In fact, what the problem was, was the doctors tied up my middle finger with my index finger together and they tied up the adjacent finger wrapped it so tight that it cut circulation to it. And it was not actually my injured finger that was hurting, but it was the other one. I thought it was referred pain. Anyway, what happened was I couldn't go to sleep. As soon as I'd fall asleep, my hand would twitch and I would wake up in agony. After a couple of nights of this, my wife said, you know, Marius, maybe you should take something for the pain. And I said, okay, all right, I'll take something for the pain. And I did, and thankfully, the pain went away. However, one of the side effects of the painkillers I was taking was insomnia. So, if I didn't take them, I couldn't sleep because I was in pain. 
if I did take them, I couldn't sleep because of the side effects of the medication. And this shook up my routine. I was used to having my routine. I was used to waking up, spending time doing my memory verses, spending time in prayer, spending time reading God's Word. I have done this fairly faithfully almost every day over the last seven years. I've maybe missed three or four days a year. But now my focus was wobbling. And this presentation today actually was prepared more for myself about the importance of staying focused. I found myself focusing not so much on my relationship with God, but on certain goals that I had. Focusing on, oh, I have to do this Bible study with this person. I have to prepare this sermon. I have to do this. I have to do that. And don't get me wrong. All these things are important. All these things are things that need to be done. All these things are things that I have to do. But my focus changed from where it should be, which is making sure that I have a right relationship with God, to certain tasks I had to do. There is a classic Bible story that looks at an issue of focus, which I think is really relevant to our situation. And we'll explore this story just after this song. And all the ways of man 
treasures of the earth. There's no way to measure what you're worth. Crucified, laid behind a stone, you live to die, rejected and Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? I'm Marius Jigao and today we're looking at staying focused. We've discovered that the enemy will happily use any trick he can to make sure that we lose our focus. I shared that I cut my finger with a drop saw and this led to me losing my focus. The book of Daniel gives us a really good example about focusing on the right thing. And the story which we're going to talk about today is probably one of the best-known stories in the Bible. It's the story of Daniel and the lion's den. We're going to see how this relates to some of the issues that are happening today. In Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 to 3, it says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom, and over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them, so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So what's happened is that Darius has just taken over the Babylonian Empire. In fact, only a few days or weeks ago, Daniel told King Belshazzar of the Babylonian Empire the meaning of the writing on the wall and told him that the kingdom will be taken from him and given to the Medes and the Persians. 
Now, I personally believe that either Darius had some spies at that meeting, or some people who were there were later questioned by him, and I think that they may have told Darius, you know what, Daniel interpreted this writing on the wall, and he told the king that he would lose his kingdom that very night. And this came to pass. And this got the attention of King Darius. And I believe he thought, this guy Daniel is someone I could really use in my kingdom. In verse 2 it says that Daniel was one of the three governors appointed by King Darius. Now, other translations say Daniel was the first of these three governors. Regardless of how you translate that text, the next verse clearly tells us that King Darius was thinking of making him the ruler. I think he thought, you know what? I trust this man. He's a man of integrity. I want him to help me rule. Now, verse 4 tells us that the governors and satraps thought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault, because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault to be found in him. Now, I think this is a truly amazing verse. No error or fault to be found in Daniel. What a wonderful testimony to his name. I was reading this and I thought, if people really did an in-depth investigation of my life, what would they find? What would they find if they did an in-depth investigation of your life? Would they say there is no fault or error to be found in this person? Now, as you can imagine, being in a high governmental position, they would have had access to making deals that would favor them and that would enrich them. But Daniel was someone who was always faithful. You couldn't buy Daniel. You couldn't bribe Daniel. There was nothing you could do to make Daniel be dishonest. And this didn't sit very well with the other governors. They thought, you know what? We would be much better off if we didn't have someone like this around here. He's not even a Mede or a Persian. Let's set a trap for Daniel. Let's set a trap for him with the only thing that we can set a trap with, and that is his religious beliefs. The laws that were being passed were completely unreasonable. The laws that were being passed were not fair. How did Daniel proceed? If you ask me, what Daniel did was really, really bizarre. And we'll explore why I think it was so bizarre just after this song. Yeah. 
Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigao, and today we're looking at staying focused. We've discovered that the enemy is keen to make sure that we lose our focus. We've also looked at the ridiculous law that Darius passed. Now, what did Daniel do in response to this law? These people came to the king and asked him to pass a ridiculous law about worship. You can only worship the king. Now, I thought it's interesting that Daniel didn't say anything about this. Is it possible that they did it behind his back so that the law was in place before he found out about it? Maybe. The thing is that even once he found out about it, he didn't do anything about it. He could have gone to the king and said, "Uh, You know what? These guys are setting this law specifically to trap me because they want to rip you off, king. Um, Do you think I could have... An exemption? You know this law. It doesn't fit in with my beliefs. You know I'm a man looking out for your interests. Surely you can give me an exemption. Or he could have gone to the king and said, You know, you guys have a law that says you cannot take back a law that has already been set. Now this law is a little silly. This doesn't make sense. Why don't you change this law? No, Daniel doesn't do that either. In fact, what Daniel does appears very, very bizarre. In verse 10, it reads, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home, and in his upper room with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God, as was his custom since early days. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, this seems bizarre. I have no doubt that Daniel had a really nice home, right? He was working in a position of power. In fact, he worked over the period of five kings. He worked for Nebuchadnezzar. He worked during the time of evil Merodach, Belshazzar, now through Darius, and he would continue through Cyrus. He would have had a really nice home. I believe he had his home made in such a way that the upper room had a window that faced towards Jerusalem. You see, Daniel was a Bible scholar. He read the writings that Solomon has written and said, when you are taken captive, pray towards Jerusalem, which is exactly what he's doing. But what seems strange to me is that he went to the upper room. Surely Daniel would have known that David wrote, If I ascend to the heavens, God, you are there. If I go down to the depths, you are there. Surely Daniel would have known that God could have heard him just as well in the basement. Why is he going to the upper room when he can go to the basement? The other thing that I thought was really strange is he opens his windows. Why? Surely he could have pulled the curtain shut, continued praying as he was praying before, towards Jerusalem, in the upper room, why not shut the curtains? Why draw attention to yourself? The last thing that I also thought was pretty bizarre was he knelt down on his knees. Surely he could have left the window open, 
leant against the frame and just prayed in his mind towards God. God could hear him just as well. Why behave like this? This really jumped out at me. You see, Daniel had a custom. Since his early days, Daniel had a point of focus. And the thing that was most important for Daniel from the very beginning was his relationship with God. This is what's of primary importance. And when a law was passed that directly contradicted God's commandments. The first commandment says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Right? You can't have Darius as your God for 30 days. When Darius passed a law that went against God's law, Daniel continued worshipping God and he didn't try to hide the fact that he was faithful to God. And he didn't do this because his relationship with God was of primary importance. This was where he was focused. He wasn't about to go hiding to the new kingdom who he was and who his God was. He wasn't about to hide God. Now, Daniel could have done all these things. And probably he could have gotten away with it. And what would have resulted is chapter 6 would be missing out of the book of Daniel. But as a result of him staying faithful to God, as a result of him keeping his focus on what's truly important, Darius gave a command throughout the whole kingdom that the God of Daniel is the true God. Daniel's faithfulness led to this message being shared with the whole world. Something that also really stood out for me was this image I saw online where Daniel was in the lion's den. And the image, there are lions walking around behind Daniel, but Daniel is just looking up towards heaven. And it really stuck in my mind because I wondered, what would this scene have looked like? I heard a minister saying that he fell asleep with the sound of a lion purring and he was resting his head on the lion as he went to sleep. Now, I believe that Daniel slept that night. We're not told whether he did or not. We're told that Darius didn't sleep. The thing that impressed me, though, is Daniel didn't focus on the lions. Daniel didn't focus on the trials around him. Daniel didn't focus on the unfair laws that were being passed around him. Daniel focused on God. He was peaceful. He knew who his God was. I want to ask you today, to examine your heart and ask yourself, where is my focus? You know, a good way of telling where your focus is, is the things that you focus on in your conversations. When you're talking to people, is your relationship with God, is leading them to God your primary focus? Or is the things that are happening in the world around us your focus? Has the last few months shaken you up a bit and made you lose your focus? I want to encourage you to look towards God. Look to the one who provides all our needs and stay focused on Him. I want to ask you, where is your focus today?
We thank you for listening today and don't forget to visit our YouTube channel called Is It Relevant Today? where we have video presentations on many topics including the one we've just been talking about called Focus on What? We look forward to seeing you next week. I'm Marius Jigal. God bless and I hope you have a magnificent day. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood Would you or evil a victory win? There's power in the blood There's power in the blood There is power, power, wonder-working power In the blood of the Lamb There is power, power, wonder-working power In the precious blood of the Lamb Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide There's power in the blood 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 There is power, power Wonder-working power in the blood
Listening to Is It Relevant Today? If you have any questions or comments, please leave them on our Facebook page, Is It Relevant Today? But for now, thanks for listening and we look forward to seeing you next week. I love to tell the story, twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story. Of Jesus and His love